I can't get the rhythm down. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they're like, bam, 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 bam. And I'm like, <laughs> trying to make circles. <laughs> I'm kind of like, mm. just stay inside me and like wiggle. That's it. That's all I want. Just little circles. I, I feel bad because I'm like, is this like good for you? Because this is great for me. <laughs> Welcome to Sunday School, a conversation on pleasure, intimacy, connection, and the messiest yet most beautiful parts of life. From two friends who grew up in a conservative culture like Salt Lake City, Utah. My name is Mac Harvey, and I use she, her pronouns. And my name is Britt Pham. I use she, they pronouns. We started this conversation together and with you. Because we found that healing happens when you process in community. So by sharing our stories and journeys, we hope that it'll create some space for you and your expansion into the magical, full human that you are and are becoming. And as we get into it, let's start with a little grounding. This is our season finale, and you'll hear soon all of our reflections on this past year that we've been in production for this podcast, and we want to invite you to reflect on your own past year. So go ahead and find some space either externally and or internally to slow down and even if you can find some stillness. Go ahead and take a deep breath in and out. And think about where you were at this time one year ago. What have you created in this past year? What have you set out to do? What's happened that you never would have expected would happen? Go ahead and take another deep breath in and out. And send some gratitude and love to yourself one year ago. And another round of gratitude and love to yourself where you are today. Whenever you're ready, go ahead and return to Sunday school. And let's get into it. Welcome to Sunday school, everybody. This is our motherfucking season finale, season one. It's in the bag, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Wow. So for (laughs) 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 Wow. Um, so (laughs) we it's been a long year. Do when were we sitting in ninth and ninth and this came up? Like what? I think it must have been April. It was like this month, a year ago. Here's my memory of, okay. of this. Okay. 
Sunday school congregation, step into the time machine with us Mm. and go back to almost exactly one year ago when the idea for this little baby Jesus project was conceived (laughs) with no father just in the womb of Mary, a.k.a. (laughs) McKenna and my shared mind. I was like, where are you going? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) We're not church goers. I've never been to church. I've never read the Bible. So I don't know. <laughs> but we were sitting on 9th and 9th outside of the coffee garden and we were just talking about like our breakups and sex and relationships and connection. And we were like, yo, we should like start something about this. And then we were like, let's Bad just timing. try. Yeah. Let's just try starting with a, a podcast because everybody um, who is a millennial and experienced the pandemic was like, Hey, let's start a podcast. So it's a, it's a hot trend right now. We jumped on the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. And I could never have even expected that we would have created what we've created in this Mm -hmm. past year. And so this weekly update is going to be more of a yearly update Mm -hmm. of us sharing everything that's happened. (laughs) Yeah. You want to go first? Oh God. Yeah. I, I look back to like, you know, me from one year ago and that me there's still parts of her that live here now today but like it's so crazy just reflecting back on the complete 180 of a mindset shift that I've had when it comes to my future when it comes to relationships when it comes to how I see myself even like everything is different And I wrote down, like, when I journaled, I put in capital letters, like, this is fucking dramatic, (laughs) like, had the shift that's happened. And I just, I want to read something because I I wrote it down and I really liked how I said it. Yeah. Um, So I said, I'm okay being alone. I prefer it. I remember the me that needed a man, needed a significant other, a partner to do everything with, to live life with and take lead that me was just afraid of being alone she lacked the confidence to step into the dark by herself and there's still pieces of her here i'm still afraid every day but what has changed is now i'm more willing to shrug my shoulders and say fuck it here we go Ooh, and that's just that. kind of <laughs> thanks yeah 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 i really resonate with what you said of with what you said around, I'm afraid, I'm still afraid every day, but I'm more willing to shrug my shoulders and say, fuck it, let's go. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that has been the biggest area around which I've built resilience in the past year. I don't think that I have ever been somebody who has not been afraid of the future Mm -hmm. and has not like stressed and worried about it and been anxious and been trying to like have tried to plan my way through it and uh have a vision and have a goal like I've always been like so fucking goal oriented Mm. and I think that the last few years have really just like chipped that part of my personality apart and I've really seen how 
that's never going to go away. And I'm also just a little bit more comfortable in that discomfort. If there's anything Mm. that I've learned in the past year, it's that there's always going to be unknown. And the bigger I become as a person and the more that I want to create, the more unknown there's going to be. And that's Mm. something I'm still sitting with. Um, I think that's why I've been such a wreck the past few weeks. (laughs) I mean, something I also wrote to you is that in the past year, I've experienced the highest highs and the lowest lows I've ever been through. And the past four weeks leading up to the finale, this recording of the finale, have been the lowest I've ever felt in my life and the worst about myself that I've ever felt in my life. And... I'm still getting clarity on what has been happening there. But I think a big part of it is because is that I feel like I'm playing this really big game where I'm like creating myself and creating my life and choosing my mm-hmm. life for the first time ever. Wow. And not just letting the expectations of who I should be for other people dictate that. And that is such privilege to get to do. And also like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life to create myself and to choose because I want it because I have no one to blame, but myself if everything falls apart. And that fear has been really, really real. And I'm still working through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really wow. emotional. No, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I, I loved what you said where choosing this life to live and doing it somewhat untraditionally is fucking terrifying because there's no, there's no rule book out there. There's no step-by-step process on how to, how to go about this life with complete success in everything you know it's it's a lot of being alone and being in discomfort like you said and that discomfort is never going away that's going to be here for the rest of our lives and that really gets me down sometimes (laughs) but then also I I look back to my life when I did have quote-unquote what I thought I should have I had I had the boyfriend who had the house and we had the dog and the picket fence metaphorically and it was secure and it was safe and I was miserable. Yeah. I think that I think that both of us have made these steps in our lives that are just so incredibly brave and scary and it's fucking hard. Yeah. Well, what came up for me as you were sharing was this concept of like telling the truth, which is something that I think about a lot. Mm. And when you talk about, when we talk about working on yourself or being the one at the end of the day that you come home to, there is this element of being courageous enough to tell the truth to yourself as well, because 
sometimes that's hard. And we've said this before in the podcast, like sometimes you don't know what you want, or sometimes you tell yourself that you want one thing. And then you look back a few years later and you're like, whoa, I was really lying to myself there. <laughs> and I feel like so much of what we talk about and do here on Sunday schools and in pursuit of that truth to ourselves, like being true to yourself, what does that really mean? And I think it means having the courage to be uncomfortable to say, shit, I'm lying to myself right now. And having the structures around you and inside of you to know when that is actually happening. Mm. And I'm really grateful to like have you as that main source of support and this container that we've created as a way to consistently just like check in and like think about it and talk about it. I think that's so important. And I wrote too in my journal that the biggest thing that I've learned from Sunday school in the past year has been what it means really to create from a place of love and like Mm. do it because we love it and because it helps us and hopefully it helps other people. And like, that's (laughs) valid enough. It doesn't need to be anything else than something that we enjoy doing. Like if no one else listens to this except us in 50 years, that's cool with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I, hopefully I, more people listen to it. Please share this with your <laughs> friends. That'd be tight. Please. <laughs> exactly. Like it would be so cool. And like when we first started this, I had like fantasies of it taking off and us getting like recognition for it, which like, yeah, of course that would be really cool. Making it a community for others is like a huge part of why we did it. You know, it was for us, but it was also just to hold others within. And already I listened back to like our first episode uh like a couple weeks ago and I was like wow (laughs) (laughs) and that was like not even a year like barely a year ago you know that we really started recording and listening to the things that were going on and the things that have changed like our relationships with people is different you know you're in a relationship now and you weren't even living in California when we started it. And so oh my it's God. just like, this is what I wrote down. <laughs> Since that day, Mac and I sat on ninth and ninth and had the idea to start a community conversation space on sex, pleasure, relationships, etc. So much has happened. I moved to New York city. I moved to San Diego. Then I actually moved to San Diego. <laughs> I had some really good sex and really awkward sex. I got into a relationship. I discovered patterns of self-worth equals productivity in my personal life. I became more than what I do. I came Mm. out as queer and non-binary on this podcast and I really went inside. Like that's just logistically what happened. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good list of what happened. (laughs) And that's what, that's actually, that reminds me what I was saying before of like going inside that mm-hmm. I've noticed this pattern over the past few few years of that of me equating my self-worth to what I'm able to produce and what I do and this mm-hmm. year what got really real for me was that pattern inside my personal relationships and I said this to forerunner the other day when I was having a total meltdown that I don't actually believe that people love me when they say they love me because I see love as contingent upon what I'm able to deliver inside of relationships. And that pattern became really, really real this Mm -hmm. year. And I'm still working through it. It's probably always going to be there. Um, But I would say that's one of the biggest breakthroughs I had this year. What about you? 
I think one of the biggest breakthroughs, and I wrote this as it was like the last part of my journal, I, I wrote that um, my pillars in life and relationships have shifted dramatically. My friends are the most important relationships to me now, and I know I couldn't go through this life without them by my side. And so, namely, you and uh, Phoenix and several other people in my life are like, those are the relationships I put energy into. And I've always had you know, a, a intimate circle of friends, even back in, you know, junior high. I mean, that's where, where we met and our relationship has ebbed and flowed ever since. But ever since I, I deprioritized my relationships with a significant other, namely with men, I, I've, I've had so much more energy to put into my platonic relationships and those are the most important things to me now. And just to feel known by someone who is not a romantic partner is like one of my favorite, favorite changes that I've yeah. like come across in the last year. And yeah. so like, yeah, you are like my, one of my most important relationships right now. And I have like a, a small little handful of those. And that is what I want to put energy into. And Yeah. It's even rewritten, like, how I think of any future romantic or platonic relationships. Like, I don't even know what I want out of that right now. And I'm just sitting and being okay with not knowing and letting it change as the years go by. Well, I want to acknowledge you for that process of not just being seen, but allowing yourself to be seen inside Mm. of not just our relationship, but your other close relationships mm-hmm. um I've ta- I was talking to a friend a few weeks ago about this deep human desire to be seen mm-hmm. seen meaning you know feeling belonging feeling understood whatever synonym you want to put to it yeah. and also this deep human fear of being seen isn't that so weird that the thing we crave most oftentimes is to feel witnessed and when it happens it's like oh no and I feel like it's so much easier to allow myself to be seen inside our relationship or inside other relationships that are I don't know platonic or not romantic I think it's really cool because it kind of builds this foundation to that discomfort being seen and whenever we're ready to take that into other relationships in our life that maybe don't feel as secure as ours we already know what that's like and that's like the whole point of fucking friendship (laughs) yeah dude yeah brother (laughs) yeah no i i love that this july i'll have been single for two years and i think that's like the longest i've ever been single in my entire life well, like, really? well, there was there was a part between um, between breaking up with uh, helicopter boy and uh, getting with the handyman. That was about two years, but I was dating and I was in and out of these little like four month relationships here mm-hmm, and there. Mm-hmm. And then those were the two that like sticked for multiple years. But I wasn't actively being single. I was. I was active in being single and being a slut, but you know, <laughs> and that's fine too. I, she did great. Um, but now it, this is like the first time and it'll have been almost, it'll be two years. Like, did you even go on a date? 
I've been on two dates. Uh, two like like uh, what I would call like by definition dates oh, where like right, right. we talked. Hat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot about. <laughs> oh my god, no. Okay, I want to tell that story. First guy I went on a date with, it was a it was a Tinder guy. Wait, but tell them. Tell them about the hat. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he had his beanie on the whole time we were at coffee. And then we went back to his place. And when we started hooking up, he we ended, he ended up getting, like, totally naked except for the beanie. <laughs> like, at one point, I, like, put my hand on his head and the beanie started, like, started to come off. And he stopped, put the beanie <laughs> back on, and then <laughs> I just, like, I just, like, imagine that happening. this is not shade on male pattern baldness it's the fact that he stopped mid thrust and was like let me put this beanie back on but yeah so that was the first date i ever went on but also i do want to say because you did mention you have this is probably the year that i don't want to put words in your mouth but you've probably had like the best sex ever this year yeah yeah the best (laughs) sex of your life I also have had the best sex of my life with myself. <laughs> oh, shit. Boom. I, I mm. have hooked up with maybe like three different people in the last year and none of them have been able to make me come. And that also, that's not just on them. I'm not throwing shade to them because I also am working on how to ask for what I want and what I need when it comes to being, you know, intimate. Um but what I'm really finding comfort in is just knowing my own body and what I like with myself, not necessarily mm. with a partner. So before we go to church on some questions that we pose to our community, we're going to redefine pleasure, intimacy, and connection for ourselves. And more specifically how those terms have been redefined over the past year as we've been working on Sunday school and having these conversations every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an ongoing chat ongoing at this point. Chat. <laughs> okay, do you want to start with um redefining pleasure for yourself? Yeah. Uh the biggest thing I think is directing pleasure and how I seek what is pleasurable um inward rather than outward. Um like pleasing myself above pleasing others. And I've said before that I, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser and I used to always care more about what others liked or thought of me than I did about myself. And so it's been really, really cool to redefine pleasure as just what I myself and no one else finds pleasurable. And that can be, you know, so much more than just like sexual pleasure, but, um, pleasure in everyday life Mm, what about you as i was reflecting on what pleasure means to me the thing that kept coming to mind was balance um i think so often when we pose this question to ourselves or other people the thing that usually comes up is either pleasure as something sexual or pleasure as something that we find in our day-to-day so there's always like Mm -hmm. this sexualization of pleasure or this desexualization of pleasure And to me, I find most pleasure when I feel in balance with not just sexual and non-sexual, but also internal and external or um, 
the little things and the big things, right? And as you were talking, the other thing that came up for me too was the difference to me between pleasure and joy. Mm. And I don't know if I have a really clear distinction between the two, though in the moment, I feel like pleasure is this undescribable feeling of juiciness that I get from Mm. certain things. Let me see if I can give an example. Like, I get a lot of joy out of eating a pickle and chips for dinner. lights me up in this like really joyful way where I'm like yeah I live by myself and no one's telling me what to do no parents I'm just gonna eat sour cream and onion chips and a pickle with salt for dinner (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I love that and that brings me a lot of joy Mm. and parallel to that something that brings me a lot of pleasure is really preparing a meal for dinner and more so doing that with somebody else like forerunner Mm. or you or friends and getting to like assemble all these different parts and like understanding why brie cheese tastes so good with grapes (laughs) you know and just like getting to like play with the flavors and stuff like that and I don't get to do that very often I love that and what you when you were sharing those two different scenarios but you know between joy and pleasure um something came up for me and like I find joy in you know I work a 40-hour work week job and so my work week is Tuesday through Friday and then the weekend rolls around and that's when like I'm making plans with my friends to go out I find joy in getting to go out with my friends and planning a weekend. But what brings me pleasure is putting together an outfit, doing my makeup just for me and nobody else. And like stepping into my fashion sense and finding, you know, the outfit that like really makes like, you know, the vibe of the night complete. And that brings me a lot of pleasure because it's, it's just me. And it's for me and no one else. That putting together of an outfit and like the quote unquote look that I want for the night is like very intimately for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like an enveloping act. Like it really requires a full sensory engagement. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what we're both kind of touching on with our definitions of pleasure. Yes. And you dropped the word intimate, so maybe we should move on to redefining intimacy for us. Yes, that was purposeful. Oh, we're such good podcasters. Look at us. (laughs) The perfect segue. So So, how have have you been redefining intimacy for you? Yeah, so earlier in our updates, we were talking about this concept and experience of feeling seen. And for me, intimacy has always been really tied into that feeling of being seen. 
And I think what's been really redefined and distinguished over this past year is the difference between being seen and being understood. I think that I used to always equate intimacy, especially inside romantic relationships, with being understood by my partner, like really gotten in my lived experience. And I realized that my filter through which I was looking at this relationship was this question of, do you get me? Do you understand? And I was talking to a friend a few weeks ago And she was like, no one's ever really going to understand because no one is you. No one is us, right? So no one really understands what it's like to be us. And so I'm starting to see intimacy as this experience and allowance of being seen and what I'm experiencing and what my life is like and being held in that without judgment or stories or any sort of charge inside Mm. of that held container and I really feel that with my current relationship with Forerunner and it's really difficult to let that type of intimacy in. How I've been redefining intimacy I always used to equate intimacy with like uh, being sexual with somebody Mm. and um, you know physically being intimate and now it's just become so much more than that. And I was saying to you how, like, I think the people who know me most intimately in this world are, like, you and Phoenix. Yeah. And that's it. And I – and for right now, that's more than enough for me. I, I don't – I love that feeling of being seen and being somewhat known by people that I care about. Yeah. Not sexually or physically. That's how it's really changed for me, I think. Yeah. And I think it's really cool that you found that so abundantly in a handful of people. Mm, Yeah. Um, And there's, like, no sense of, like, scarcity in that. Yeah. And I, I think, like I mentioned before, like, it's just because that's what I'm putting my energy into. Those are the relationships that I want to spend time on and really dig deep into. Whereas in the past, you know, if I had been in a relationship, I had that, I I was in the habit of like, oh, well, I've got the boyfriend. I don't need anything else. And, you know, yeah. your other relation, my other relationships would kind of fall apart. Um, but now I just, I really want to get to a point where if I ever do enter into a romantic relationship that the foundation of, you know, all my other friendships and connections are, uh, you know, already so strong. The mm. bones are good. The house don't fall if the bones are good. Bones are good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just dropped another great segue, which is connection. So how has connection been redefined for you over the past year? When it comes to connections that I'm making I'm approaching them with more intention Mm. and not just like, oh, how can I show off to this new person, which is something I would do in the past of just like, oh, I want them to think I'm cool. And so I'm just going to put my best foot forward and be super cool, even though it's not authentically me. And now in making new connections, I, I want to really get to know them 
and I want them to know me in more of an authentic sense. So yeah, deepening the connections that I make, no matter how short or how, you know, how long I know them for or in what capacity. It's just been nice to like be more intentional about the time I spend with people. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I'm realizing more and more that when I don't feel connected to myself, I don't feel connected to anything around me. And over the past few weeks, I felt that in a really real way where I just like haven't felt connected with who I am or what I'm doing or why I'm doing what Mm -hmm. I'm doing. And um, as a result, I was feeling really alone in my experience. And even if I was like sharing with people or talking about what was going on with people, I still felt like no one could get it. And um, it all just came down to the fact that I wasn't really taking the time to connect with myself. I just like haven't taken the time really to just be by myself and like do mm. help me feel really connected, like laying on my floor and listening to Bonnie there and journaling for a few hours or <laughs> like binging a show and cooking dinner for myself. And so I really want to take the time to connect with myself more intentionally moving forward because I know that will really help me feel connected elsewhere. Hmm. I love that. I think your connection with yourself is like arguably one of the most important. Yes. Do you have anything else you want to add to these two rooms before we go to church? I think I would just encourage anybody listening here to maybe just think through what those terms mean to you and how you can apply them in your own life and to yourself. This week, our going to church section is going to be based on some questions that we posed to the community in a community hour that we hosted last week. It was the first time we really got the chance to play with Sunday School outside of the podcast format. And um, something that I've noticed throughout this past year is how much our relationships and our relationship to relationships have changed. Like you were saying earlier, you know, going into connection with more intention and really thinking about like deepening how you invest your energy. And so the questions that we posed in our community hour and that we're going to workshop together on air are really related to the ways that things have shifted in our relationships over the past year. Okay, so the first question that we worked with and that we're going to work with is what's a breakthrough that you've had in a personal relationship in this past year? And on the other side of that is what's a breakdown that you've had in a relationship in the past year? Yeah. <laughs> so either one, you go first. <laughs> I love that we, we, we did give the option for, you know, either a breakthrough or a breakdown. And 
I had a breakthrough by breaking down. That's how it always goes. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, this person still is in my life. They still mean so much to me, but so much of what they mean to me and how much space they take up to, into my life has dramatically shifted. It just really started noticing the discomfort that I had in a relationship with with this person and I started really trying to break down what that discomfort was and why I was feeling that way and why I was so insecure when it came to this person and it really boiled down to the fact that I was feeling that I was putting in more energy than I was receiving in that relationship and I remember like talking with you and like literally like scripting out a conversation and and I ended up I didn't have a big conversation with them I just stopped putting in extra effort and you know Mm -hmm. what's happened it's kind of fallen apart and and not in a bad way I don't have any I don't have many negative emotions towards this person right now because I've kind of just let things go and become neutral. And in me doing that, we don't talk as much. But it was just so interesting after years and years of feeling insecure in this friendship that I had to finally take a step back and be like, I'm not, I'm not going to put in all this effort that I don't feel I'm receiving back yeah and it's we've become a little distanced and not in a bad way but just it is what it is and so that's been really interesting to take into other relationships and really really break down you know am I feeling secure in this relationship am I uh do I feel like my energy is being matched in the care that we you know hold for each other and the spaces that we provide it's been interesting yeah two things that I want to reflect. Mm. The first is how you mentioned that you've been taking sort of these learnings and this way of being into other relationships in your life, which I think it's really cool because um, when we do reflection stuff like this, I really like zoning in on like one specific thing because it's such a mirror for everything else that's going in our going on in our lives. And the second thing is I think it's really cool that you were able to really let it go. So Mm -hmm. often we talk about like, just let it go. Just don't try so hard. Don't put so much energy in, right? And like, it's so much easier said than done. And I watched you go through this whole process and I still don't understand like how you just let it go. Like, (laughs) I went, I'm curious, was there a point for you in which you were like, I really feel like I've let this go. And if so, what was that point? I, I think it was like, it was so interesting because there was this like this build up and build up and build up and I was just like so insecure, so like angsty about this whole situation. And then there was a a weekend where I spent time with this person and the whole weekend I was like, I'm uncomfortable with you. Like why why am I spending all this energy worrying what I am to you when we do get to be together and it's not, it's not meeting the expectations that I've made up in my head. (laughs) Mm. And so it was after that weekend 
that I really was just like, that wasn't even fun. That wasn't even, why am I so worried about this? It was like this, like climb, 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 steep incline. And then it was just a drop off of, yeah. I, I don't need this. Yeah. And you know, there's still days I think about it, you know, by all means, I'm not 100% completely over it all the time. I still look back and I'm a little bit bitter and I'm a little bit frustrated that like, oh yeah, see, I stopped reaching out and you don't talk to me. It hurts a little bit and it stings. But in reality, I, whenever that hits, I just kind of think, well, do I even like, I didn't even enjoy being with this person when they were here. So like, why am I so worried about this? And I think with the relationships and that I have now with you and some of my other really good friends, I'm just like, there's so much better out there and I can get that from, you know, it's that abundance that you talked about. Yeah. That's really cool. And some, what that sounds like to me too, is just sort of like letting yourself go through it. Mm. Like so often when quote unquote drama happens in our relationships with other people or even with ourselves, like there are these ebbs and flows of like climaxes and angst and then like maybe resolving it through a conversation or whatever. And sometimes you just need to feel your way through it. And sometimes those opportunities come where you're like, oh, together with this person or with yourself in some kind of way and you feel a difference and Sometimes that's not something that can be rationalized or intellectualized through. It's just like, oh, my body's reached this point. Let me just follow. Let me just listen. And I hear in that like a really deep listening to the threads of whatever lights us up or what doesn't light us up. And Mm -hmm. that's really hard to do sometimes. So I just want to acknowledge you for letting yourself to like ride and just like go through it. Because sometimes the only way out is through. Absolutely. Well, we talk so much about like feeling your feelings and how important that is. And I thought I was doing that for so long, but yeah. I'm not, I wasn't really like truthfully sitting in that and like yeah. feeling the sadness or the the anger or the bitterness. And and I'm still working on it. It's still really hard to to let yourself feel those negative emotions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here here's the thing we have this entire podcast that's all about the work, right? The self-work. And we live in this weird-ass society and social media world where you have Instagram therapists and little infographics about feeling your feelings and all Mm -hmm. this shit. And there's so much we could talk about there. And I think that we've kind of created as a a culture and a society this, like, this, like, consumptive self-work industry And I say this with complete awareness that, like, I'm a coach and a consultant in that (laughs) world. And it's so wild to, like, be in it and be here. And I say all this to just say, like, yes, read your infographics, listen to this podcast, do the work, and also, like, don't overwork it. You know, it's so easy to, like, be like, yeah, I'm doing the work and I'm feeling the feelings. Um, but sometimes it's just a distraction from like mm. the actual like dark shit um, and shit yeah. gets dark sometimes. And to be honest, that's where I was like last week when I was feeling the lowest of the low and I was like, yeah. I've been doing all the work, but now I'm like actually starting to just like crack apart because I haven't actually been feeling mm. all the things on like all the grief and the sadness and all that bullshit. So yeah. Yeah, we're there with you. Yeah. What about you, Britt? Did you have a breakthrough slash breakdown of a relationship this year? Oh, 
Oh my God, I had so many. Uh-huh. Lots of breakdowns, yep. Yeah, I actually, what's coming up for me is a constant cycle of breakdown and breakthrough that I have and am experiencing with community. Mm-hmm. And particularly the community of creators and wellness slash spiritual growth entrepreneurs that I am part of. And Mm. I bring that up because I just talked about it. (laughs) And like, I want to preface all of this by saying I deeply love my communities that I'm part of and specifically this community that I'm about to talk about. And I'm, I am in it. I think that my breakdown with my community has lasted through now in the sense that I often feel not good enough to be part of this community. I don't feel cool enough. I don't feel successful enough. I don't feel like Mm -hmm. I'm a good enough creator. And that sometimes I get wrapped up in like pushing and forcing things forward. And um, I'm not enlightened enough, you know, to like Mm. not care about the money that I make doing this thing that I love. (laughs) Like sometimes I look at other people who like create their own careers and their own jobs and I'm like, how are you like so okay? Because I'm like not a lot of the time. Spoiler alert, they're probably not okay. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And like my breakthroughs often come with that realization of like, yeah, everyone's not okay, right? (laughs) (laughs) No one's good. And, and, um, you know, to, to be honest, I think a lot of this breakdown and breakthrough cycle comes back to my relationship with myself. I wasn't gonna go there, now I'm gonna go there. Cause it's always about my relationship to myself. And like, most recently my breakdown with myself was like realizing that I was really out of integrity with the person that I want to be in this world, which is someone who's really warm and kind and creative and, um, you know, joyful and leads by example. And recently I feel like I've just been this like little like shriveled mess of like fear and doubt and, um, it's interesting to to be in that meta place of realizing that I don't like myself when I don't like myself, and then I don't like myself, and blah, 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 you know. <laughs> and, and honestly, my breakthrough came from sharing all of this with two very close people in my life, which are my business partner and my partner, and just like really melting down and being like, I don't know how to pull myself out of this hole that I'm in. I don't know what I need. I don't know what the answer is. I can't hear one more piece of advice or coaching on this thing or like, I just can't do it right now. I'm just like, I'm upset and I just need to be upset. And um, it's been like weeks of those kinds of like breakdowns and like crying and like sharing and sharing and trying to really like feel it and also talk through it and um I say all this to just say that 
I'm realizing that the biggest breakthrough that I've had this year is kind of like a twofold relationship with self and relationship with others where I found that like sharing and saying, I don't know to myself and to other people is like the biggest breakthrough, the biggest like thing that I've learned (laughs) is Mm -hmm. just being like, I feel big feelings and they just seem to be getting bigger and I don't know what else to do about it. And just like letting that be okay. And so that's not as clear of an example as I thought it was going to be, but hopefully that makes sense. (laughs) I I think you're making perfect sense. And uh, I just thank you for sharing that and being so vulnerable because I I really hope the people listening will, you'll give them the courage to be vulnerable as well. So the second and final question that we pose to the community and we're posing to ourselves now is how have you fallen in love with yourself in the last year? And I think you should go first because I think you, you just shared on, you know, some of the darker parts of your life. And I'd love for you to flip that script and tell me what you love about yourself. Mm. I would say that I've really fallen in love with, like, the dark, fucked up side of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Pre-COVID and pre-Sunday school. And still to this day, I feel like this overarching narrative that I used to hold for myself is I'm this person that's, like, this ball of energy and I get shit done and I'm a really good producer and doer and like that's what people come to me for and the past few years I've been really dissecting that identity inside of figuring out who I am and valuing myself aside from what I'm able to produce and that's going to be an ongoing practice for me and what I found inside of who I am outside of what I'm able to produce is that I am really dark and I think I'm kind of (laughs) funny and like a little bit crass sometimes is something that my friend told me a few weeks ago and um I have this way of looking at and breaking down the world and complex ideas in um a deep way and reweaving them into something that makes sense and like feels aligned Mm. and sometimes doesn't sometimes doesn't always have an answer but oftentimes has like a path forward and I really love the way that I do that like I still get shit done I'm still a great creative producer and I'm very good at you know holding a vision for visions and holding space for like that path forward um and I do it in a way that's like dark and fucked up and fun (laughs) written by Tim Burton (laughs) yeah yeah I feel like it's like it's like a mixture of Tim Burton and Ari Aster (laughs) Ooh, good one like funny dark but then also like really fucking dark (laughs) yeah and there's like a lot of meaning to it and the other day when I was melting down to forerunner and like and I like she shared and it was like really clear and concise and then I started sharing and he just started laughing and I was like what are you laughing at and he was like you just have this very verbose like deep way of looking at things it's just like so deep and I it's great I love it like keep going and I was like 
I think it is deep. Like there's just so much depth to everything in life. And what I love about myself is that I see all that depth and sometimes it's infuriating and I'm exhausted because I don't want to see, but like, I think it's really important to slow down and really look at everything that's there because otherwise you just gloss over it and then you repeat the same mistakes and, uh, not to make it political, but I'm going to go there. <laughs> like, that's why we continue to fuck up as a culture and a society is because we mm. don't slow down to look at the things that have really happened so that we don't keep doing it. Yeah. And um, I just want to create space for everyone to do that in their own lives because then maybe this world will be a little bit of a better place when we die. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> No, I really do love that because I, I've always thought you were just like such a, you have so much depth to you and it's part of why I love you so much because I'll say something. I'm like, oh yeah, this thing happened in my life, but it's no big deal. And you're like, I don't know. I think there's more to it than that. I'm like, oh, she's right. Sorry. <laughs> there's always a lesson. <laughs> no, I love it. I never apologize for that because I absolutely love it. <laughs> um, uh, what, what I love about myself or have fallen in love with myself about I have said time and time again, I am a people pleaser and I have always searched for validation outside of myself by being kind and being this nice doormat of a person at times. And I was looking at those parts of myself with a lot of negativity and a lot of like hatred for lack of a better term and how I've what I've turned around in the past year and have fallen in love with is that I like being a kind person. I, I want to be the person that makes other people feel comfortable and heard. And I want people to walk away from interactions with me saying, she was so nice. Like, wow, she really made me feel comfortable in this space or whatever it may be. And in coming to terms with that and accepting that as a part of me, there's not so much negativity around it anymore. You know, in it's day to day, I work on it still, but I want to l accept and love that part of myself, but also set healthy boundaries and, you know, not just people please for the sake of people pleasing or, you know, being the chill girl or not being the cool girl anymore. I'm working on being as aggressive in my kindness to others as I am to myself. So I will just wrap us out by giving our assignment, which is to reflect on these two questions yourself. The first being what's a breakthrough and or a breakdown in a relationship that you've had in the past year. And how have you fallen in love with yourself in the past year? Hmm. Let us know. Yeah. Tell us all about it. We still want to hear everything that comes up for you guys when listening in. Until season two, we love you and we see you. Don't forget to drink water. Amen. Amen. Mwah. Bye. I love you. Bye. Love you. Sunday School was created by me, 
Britt Pham, and me, Mac Harvey. Our theme music is composed and created by Caleb Spaulding. The music you hear during our grounding breath are crystal singing bowls composed and played by Jackie Cantwell. This episode was edited by Danielle Costa. You can find us on Instagram at sunday.school. School is spelled S-X-H-O-O-L. Did we miss anything? No, I don't think so. I feel complete. Me too. I feel complete. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs>